0: You all are familiar with uh, Animal Crossing, correct? Animal Crossing—it's like a kind of like a Tanuki-based life sim. Y'all are familiar? Yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah, it's a new Nintendo game, whatever. But uh, it's done by this team. I think this is kind of their like victory lap after after they they did uh, Splatoon two. Um, you guys familiar with that? It's a game where you shoot your juices at other other people, kind of cover them in your goo. Um, it's kind of the game is about like goo coverage. Are
1: you familiar? I think I've seen a video of that, but I don't know. Yeah, there's a
2: whole website dedicated to it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Splatoon2.com. Uh, you
1: know, the official site has all sorts of cool squid pics because you're a
0: you're a squid kid squirting your squirting. Your okay, ink.
1: I've I haven't been to the one with kids, but yeah. I've been to a website <laughs> similar to that. Yep. I just want to make that clear. I've never been to a website with kids squirting goo or anything like that. I just want to yeah. make, make sure that that is uh, public knowledge. Interesting.
0: Well, um, yeah, there's squid kids, there's octolings, which are octo kids. Um, but they're, you know, they're uh, very, very similar, just more arms, I would say than, uh, squid kids. Um, but the reason why I bring it up is because I saw, um, the new horror film, uh, the invisible woman recently. And, uh, if you all are familiar with our podcast, we're actually not just a video game podcast, we're a video game and movie podcast. Um, so I, I bring it up because, uh, the Invisible Woman, I thought, was the coolest, like low-key video game crossover I had seen in a while, and I wanted to know what you guys thought.
1: Well, I'm not very familiar with the Invisible Man or Woman or. or oh any wait, of that. actually, it's called the
0: Invisible Man. the Invisible
2: man. Kid.
1: Act-
0: no, it, just to be clear, in Splatoon, the kids are very visible um, and <laughs> the whole the – th- the thing about uh, the Invisible Man, it's not – I might have flubbed my words and called it the Invisible Woman. Uh, the thing about the Invisible Man uh, is that this guy, you can't see him. You cannot see him at all. Um, so that what's cool be, uh, exactly. is that Elizabeth Moss, who plays this uh, like a girlfriend or – girlfriend or, no, shoot, the wife. The wife of this like tech billionaire who's super abusive and doesn't want uh, her to leave him spoiler. She leaves him and then he like fakes his own death, but then like follows her around with this, like uh, like Metal Gear Solid esque active camo suit where he's like completely invisible and covered in cameras and um, you know, terrorizes her, does spooky stuff, whatnot. But what's cool. um, And the thing, you know, this is a minor spoiler, Uh, The thing that ties it into the video game realm really well is that clearly Elizabeth Moss played a lot of Splatoon because she spends half the movie just just spraying this guy with all sorts of, you know, liquids, goos, um, emulsified uh, liquids that, you know, show his shape. And uh, I just thought that was a really cool crossover. Like she like sprays paint at him at one point, not with like a cool like super soaker like in Splatoon, but it's clearly an homage in my opinion, because um, I mean, she's just chucking paint all over this guy because otherwise you can't see him. And, uh, you know, that's how, you know, she turns the invisible man spoiler into a visible man.
2: Ah, oh, I have an important follow up question to that. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Did she state if she's on a uh, team ketchup or team mayo? <laughs> huh.
0: You know, it's actually OK. That's funny you say that because at the very end of the movie, um, spoiler, she eats uh, steak. So I think she's on team steak sauce.
2: Oh, wow. A rebel.
1: Yeah. So you're telling me that you watch this movie where this uh, invisible person is uh, kind of sneaking around and Elizabeth Moss uh, sprays this person with all sorts of goose and gunk and slimes and all sorts of that kind of (laughs) stuff. Yeah. And you're saying that that's a crossover to Splatoon because Splatoon invented goose gunk, uh, slime, all that sort of stuff. I have a feeling that Nickelodeon might be involved in this because uh, I, I don't know if you guys have watched the Kids' Choice Awards, but I see Rosie <laughs> O'Donnell on there getting goo, gunk, uh, and all sorts of slime all over her all the time. So I think maybe maybe the movie was funded by Rosie O'Donnell or Nickelodeon or some sort of uh, corporation like that. But um, yeah, I think that that's pretty cool that that goo-based uh, media is being being
2: made. Wait, they had that video of Rosie O'Donnell getting gooed on Nickelodeon. Yeah, there's dude, definitely a video
1: floating around on the on the web of, uh, of Rosie O'Donnell fans only. getting all sorts of gunk. <laughs> <laughs> all no, no, that was not. I mean, she might have moved it to her OnlyFans account, but I'm uh, pretty sure that it was public or it got leaked or something of Rosie O'Donnell getting all sorts of goo and gunk all over her. Or some sort of slime, some sort of uh, so some sort of goo.
0: Yeah, for our listeners who have uh, Rosie O'Donnell's OnlyFans account, if you could just let us know. You don't have to share the pictures, but if you could let us know if that's there. Just let us but, know
1: if you've seen, yeah, some sort of slime uh, at all, just any any kind of slime.
0: Yeah, let us know if you've seen any sort of slime. And uh, what's interesting, Dan, it's funny you mentioned Rosie O'Donnell because in The Invisible Man, you know, towards the end, after all sorts of goo, you know, and paint has been splattered, you know, uh, like a splatfest yeah. type deal... Um, From Elizabeth Moss on to The Invisible Man. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell's like, just like there, and she looks right at the camera and says, theme song. So this is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. What's up, you cool cats and kittens? This is my co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say hello. Hello. And joining us this week, he's back. The badder, is it badder, bad, or baddest? He's, you know, certainly a bad boy of comedy, Dane Kevin Cook. Uncle I'm, Dan, one say them, hello. I'm one of them, one of
1: them. Hey, oh, okay. uh, what's going on, audience listener?
0: Yes, our listeners are very excited for us because this is the Motion Pixels podcast. Uh, yeah, so what have you all been up to uh, this week? What are uh, what have you been watching,
1: playing? You know, let's do let's do a quick check in with the goons, the bad boys. I mean, I haven't really watched any movies in a while. I've been more video game oriented lately. Oh, um, just like our podcast. Yes, uh, but I mean <laughs> I mentioned to you before <laughs> I was on a I was on a movie tear for like a good three or four months there I was watching uh, one to three movies an average of two uh, every day and uh, I've I, I think I, I, I don't know I wouldn't say I got burned out I just shifted my focus to video games and it just takes up too much of my time to to be a movie hog. Um, but I've, I don't know, I'm I'm thinking about getting back into it for a few reasons. Like, I want to re-watch um, Uncut Gems uh, and uh, maybe see some new movies that are being released, quarantine-influenced uh, because uh, movie theaters are being shut down. Um, but I think one of those movies you wanted to talk about, Gus, was Onward. Didn't that movie get put on disney plus like earlier than usual because of the quarantine or is that just what happened like was that a a, do you know if that was like in the in the plan for that movie from the beginning
0: well what's interesting about it is that disney has been a little weird with pixar movies on disney plus like there's this huge catalog of like non-pixar disney movies on disney plus but pixar like not all of them are on there and not not all of the newer ones like Toy Story 4 was only recently added, even though that came out – I think it was – correct me if I'm wrong, audience, but I believe Toy Story 4 was actually added to Disney Plus after Onward was added to Disney Plus, even though Toy Story 4 came out like a year or so um, before. But yeah, Onward was added to Disney Plus in lieu of a theatrical release, which it got – like it was in theaters for maybe a couple of weeks before the pandemic hit, and then – uh, you know, you had everyone at home, so Disney made this crazy decision to to put it on Disney Plus,
1: which I think was pretty cool. I don't think it's so crazy. I think that, I mean, I I personally think that uh, they should not release movies to theaters first. I think that they should release movies to theaters and on demand video at the same time. I think that it's it's time to upgrade to that, and I think there are probably some. I don't know, movie goer enthusiasts who are, who think that that's blasphemy that movies should be experienced in the movie theater, but I don't know. I think that people's televisions have gotten good. Like the average person has like a really nice TV now. They're very cheap. Like you can get a a massive screen LCD TV for like less than $500. So, uh I don't know. I think I think on demand should be should be the the norm and and maybe this quarantine thing uh will will be a a fad that stays even after the virus uh, dissipates because um i i think that it's it's the direction that that movies should go in very similar to the to working from home i think that maybe this quarantine will show people that working from home isn't is a is a pretty viable business strategy saves a lot of electricity on buildings yeah. You, don't, yeah, for you really. don't gotta host people.
2: I think I think Onward would have followed a pretty similar uh thing to what you're saying. I mean it, it did, because it's on Disney Plus, but I think they would have had it on like a like a pay per view system. That's kind of what you're saying, right? That movies should go towards that.
1: Yeah, I think that there should not even be an exclusive uh like an exclusivity uh period for movie theaters anymore. I think that yeah. they should just they should have them in theaters so people have that option and they should have their theater run like normal. But I think that at the exact same time that it comes out in theaters, it should be available on demand for maybe slightly more or the exact same price. I have no idea. Yeah, a- or a cost viable. of a movie ticket. Yeah. It's yeah. the Cost of a movie is. ticket. Exactly. Like,
0: well, when we started recording, we were talking about the invisible man and that's an interesting uh, kind of juxtaposition against onward because
2: uh, <laughs> the
0: invisible man and onward, I think we're supposed to be in theaters at like the same time and um oh. the invisible man i know is one of the first movies from i think it's a universal film yeah it's definitely a universal film uh that universal released uh, on youtube like so i just i, I rented it uh, for like oh. it was like 20 bucks to rent it um, but <laughs> i mean that's I a you're gonna different say that model the, the similarity
1: yeah. was that in onward there was a half invisible man
0: well, no, in Onward, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like, goo like goo shooting and whatnot. But, I mean, that's kind of where the similarities end. But besides that, uh, The Invisible Man is taking this completely different route than Disney+, Plus, even though they're both on streaming services, where you pay, you know, eight, your eight bucks or whatever for Disney+, and you get Onward and all these other Disney films, where Universal is relying on people to drop $20 like I did to watch yeah. their movie that would otherwise be in theaters. You so have to I,
1: buy it, right? Yeah, I mean, I had see. I, I don't know, like that. I just want to rent good. it, and and uh, even if it's the same prices. Oh movie no, no, no! I
0: did rent it. It was a twenty dollar rental. I, I don't get twenty dollar
1: rental. It.
0: Yeah, it was a twenty dollar rental for
1: uh, movie. That's movie th- ridiculous. Are yeah, are you that kidding? doesn't make any sense. Movie theater tickets are are not twenty dollars. Well,
0: the way I looked at it, like my girlfriend and I were watching it together, and typically this is a movie we definitely would have seen. We both love horror films. Uh, and I mean, we would have spent more than that just on two tickets. So, I mean, it kind of works out, but it does feel super weird to be like, I'm spending $20 on a timed rental on YouTube for a movie that would be in theaters. I mean, it was, I really enjoyed the movie, but, um, I would have preferred if like they had released it on Netflix or something like that, where I'm already paying a fee for. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's different models, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Like you were saying,
2: Dane, there's a reason that they're charging $20 for Invisible Man and Onward is bundled in with Disney plus probably being that I think Invisible Man (laughs) is probably gets more people to watch it than uh, with its $20 price tag than Onward. Like if Onward was charging $20, I don't think anybody would have watched it. I don't well, think as many people would have watched it. I think this is or where we I'm get into
1: how uh, how you felt about the movie itself, because I think Matt, you've already established uh, off pod that uh, I don't know if you have seen it or if you saw the, the trailer and were not we disinterested by it. But uh, apparently, it's not. It doesn't. It, it's not a very good movie. Or, or I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like tuned into public opinion on on Pixar movies. Maybe I don't talk to a bunch of uh, six-year-olds, but uh, it's (laughs) it's not really a talked-about movie.
0: (laughs) Let me kick off the convo, uh, the podvo with. uh, Let me just tell (laughs) tell y'all what you know, tell the audience what Onwards about. Uh, It's a new new, Pixar's newest film uh, released earlier, you know, like a month or so ago, um, where it's it takes place in a like current, kind of like 2020. World where everyone is like a fantastical creature, like trolls and elves and goblins and whatnot, and they all live in like a society very similar to ours, where they've stopped using magic because people found technology easier to use than magic. And the movie's about this family of trolls or something, where they're like these blue people with large fingers and arms. And yeah, they're uh, the
1: trolls. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think they're trolls. And uh, this is not to be confused with Trolls World Tour, which is another movie out right now.
1: And not to be confused with the online trolls that are always leaving nasty kind of comments underneath my Instagram pictures telling me that I am ugly and stuff. Those are those are a different kind of troll. Yeah, um, not those.
0: Um, no. These are like magical trolls with blue skin. And there's a family of them where their father, there's a two brothers and a mom. And the, the father had died um, when the brothers were super, super young. And they find this, like, wizard staff that the father left for them that they can use to kind of summon him back for a day. But they botch the spell and only summon back, like, his bottom, the bottom of his body, like, from his, like, pants down. So they yeah. have to, like, go on this quest to complete the spell to, like, summon the rest of his body before the day is over when the, the spell would be gone so that they can say goodbye to their dad. Um, mm mm-hmm. So that, that's the plot of the movie. Um, I liked it quite a bit, but um, Matt clearly has some differing opinions. So let, Matt, do you want what, to, what are your thoughts on Onward?
2: Well, I didn't dislike it, but like, I think it's just a commentary about Pixar as a whole. Like when Pixar started, uh, you know, they started with Toy Story, which was an amazing movie. Uh, and it's still like an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, kind of reputation they built up where everything they made was really, really good. And I think people still believe that. Uh, and I think a lot of people be drawn towards Onward because it's a Pixar movie, but like we're at, we're at a point now where I think Pixar has gotten so big that it's not like everything they make is, is amazing anymore. Like, I think there's definitely a a B team at Pixar. And I think that was mm-hmm. the team that made Onward. Like, I, so for instance, I just watched the, the trailer for their new movie, uh, soul. Mm -hmm. Um, what's what's that movie about just for, our uh, it looks like it it, from the trailer. It looks like a guy that, uh, died early and is journeying through the afterlife and maybe trying to get back to his body or something like that from, from the trailer. That's what I surmised and it's very well done trailer. I'm, I'm interested in the movie. I would like to see it. Um, that concept looks a lot more interesting to me than the whole concept of this movie. Like I like everything that they were kind of hitting on that trailer felt Pixar y, whereas Onward feels kind of like like an old I don't know, like what the older uh studios that used to do animated Disney movies. Uh like their three D studios or maybe like mm-hmm. early DreamWorks movies, right? I gotta I Sure. Like it it feels like Onward just felt like a very passable movie. Like in the entire time um, I was watching it, it was just very like, yeah, this is like an animated kids movie. Uh, it didn't feel like the world was as fleshed out and developed as they typically go in Pixar movies. Which sounds kind of dumb when it's supposed to be a kids movie. That's like, oh, what if it was twenty twenty, but everybody was a troll? Like, <laughs> you know, like it's like it's turns dumb out to that's complain actually the- true. If you look at yeah, Ben's but it's like Instagram. Like, it sounds like a dumb complaint, but, like, I really like the world of Finding Nemo. I thought the the world they built for that character was cool and, like, you know, if you're in that situation, somewhat believable. But, like, for instance, in Onward, the main character, I guess, doesn't have friends, but that's not really a huge plot point in the movie. It just felt really weird. Like, there's this one... He's, like, this 16-year-old kid, and one of his first things he's trying to do is, like make friends at school and it's not like the movies about him being like a very social anxious person and like having a hard time talking to people like the main character seems relatively normal yeah he's just kind he of just clumsy, he kind just awkward. doesn't have friends like like and it's just like hmm. this weird thing that stuck out like he had a birthday party at his house and he had nobody come because he didn't have friends and it's like he's like a real he seems like a normal character right like that feels like if this was a pixar movie that plot point would be something bigger, but it's not. And it just felt like a lot of weird things. It just felt, I don't know, like kind of like half baked. Like there's only one scene I really liked in the whole movie and it was the end and it had that Pixar magic in it. Um, I won't ruin it, uh, but it's, it's a very emotional moment and the movie leads up to it and it got me. Um, It, it got me pretty well. And I was like, okay, that was really well done. Um, so it ended pretty well. But everything leading up to it just felt very, like, formulaic uh, and just very average, uh, which is why I imagine they put it on Disney Plus first, um, be- because it's just like a very – it's a very, eh, movie. So that's my yeah. take on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, when I – so I my the story of August Meyer watching Onward spans <laughs> – two nights uh the first of which uh i started watching it and fell asleep in 20 minutes and in the i I fall asleep during lots of movies so it wasn't because i didn't like the movie just because i was tired and should have not turned it on but i watched the first 20 minutes and then talked to matt the next day um i I don't know if matt had seen it at that point and i was like matt yeah i I think i get what people are saying with onward like it seems like kind of a run-of-the-mill john hughes not that John Hughes movies are run of the mill, but kind of like a stereotypical awkward kid trying to fit in high school eighties movie that you would see something like Ferris Bueller's day off. Um, not that that that's about an awkward kid, but like that same kind of vibe of like kids in school, not really content with what they, what they have. Um, and I like those kinds of movies like the breakfast club and, uh, 16 candles and all of those films from the eighties. I, I really like, but, um, when I saw Pixar take a take a stab at it with, with Onward, I was thinking to myself, like, did this have to be a Pixar movie? Like, the magic of a lot of Pixar films, like, Matt, you were talking about Finding Nemo. Um, one of my favorites is Ratatouille, um, and I really like the Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University films. Like, those movies have to be CG um, animated films because, I mean, you just, you don't really want to see, like, you know John Goodman walking around in a rubber suit pretending to, <laughs> pretending to be like a fuzzy monster I mean it might be entertaining but you get that like that heart that Pixar is known for by having these beautifully rendered um CG characters you know doing you know tugging at your heartstrings but with onward like this movie probably could have been a live action film and I think that's probably the argument for that is strengthened by um, if you remember the film uh, Bright on Netflix, did you guys watch that? Uh, it came out maybe like 3 years ago oh. with yeah, Will Smith. I watched it. Yeah, yeah that movie that fucking movie get sucks. Shit on? Yeah, that movie is horrible and one of the worst. That, that watching that movie it's kind not of made me horrible. Matt, watching that movie made me realize that not everything Netflix touches turns to gold because it, before oh, yeah. that I thought that like Netflix movies were like kind of a big deal, but I saw that movie and I was just pissed off that I wasted so much of my time watching it. But um,
2: yeah, that has like the same backdrop as it's the exact same. That's funny.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. It's a
2: grittier take. It's a gritty onward.
0: (laughs) No, onward is just bright without
2: guns.
0: (laughs) I guess that's true. Uh, But when, when bright uh, bright has an interesting uh, story kind of too, where, uh, it's written by this guy, Max Landis, who, you know, that's the, we don't really want to talk about him. He's kind of a persona non grata. But he he wrote uh, Chronicle, uh, which is a film I really liked. And then his script, he wrote all these scripts that got all this hype. And Bright was a movie that had, or was a script that got, like, tossed around Hollywood for, like, a few years. And it was one of those movies that was always in, like, development hell. But up until it came out, there hadn't really been a big-budget, um, like – what if, like you were saying earlier, like what if everyone was a troll in 2020? Like there, there hadn't been like a juxtaposition of like real world, like modern day with fantasy society um, and like like fantasy characters living in a modern day society. Like the closest thing I can think of that got a lot of um, popularity was the Fables comic book series. And then uh, uh, down the road, the Wolf Among Us game by Telltale Games. Um, that's kind of, kind of a similar like, world-building effort, you know what I mean? Like, it's these fantastical characters living in, like, New York City. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, Bright shows that that concept can be done just fine. You know, it's a shitty movie, but it can be, it can be filmed just fine live action. Um, so when I saw Onward, I was like, did Pixar, like, lift the story or the world from Bright and then just, like, you know, put some... Pixar, you know, sprinkle some like Pixar heartstring, heartstring juice all over it. Like, what, what's ha- what's happening here? Um, but when I watched it in its entirety, um, I th- I just thought the movie was filled with all these really fun moments, um, really heartfelt moments that um, drilled into what I think the the point of the movie was. That you know, you kind of like choose, not that you choose your own family, but you know, your your family not just the traditional role of mother and father you know other people in your family can have really impactful roles um in your life like it's kind of about how the the younger brother didn't realize that his older brother who's kind of this near-to-well like dungeons and dragons playing like metalhead character played by chris pratt and the younger brother is played by tom holland um, um it's about him kind of realizing that his older brother was like a a really big mentor and kind of father figure for him growing up because he didn't have a dad. Um, And I thought the movie just played on that um, really well without getting too tropey. Like I recently watched um, the good dinosaur, which is a movie that um, kind of, it kind of speaks to what you're talking about, Matt with like the decline, like the B team of Pixar where I saw the good dinosaur way after it came out. Like it came out in uh, 2015. I saw it like two, three months ago. And that movie was, you know, entertaining, but that's like a, what you would probably call like a Disney plus straight to Disney plus movie where I watched it. It was enjoyable, but like, I could have told you how it was going to end like 20 minutes into the movie. And I thought I could do that with onward, but uh, I just thought the movie took off in really interesting directions. And the characters were really funny. Like one of the main characters, one of the main side characters is like a, a centaur policeman who's like dating their mom, the main character's mom. And he like tells all these bad dad jokes and is, has like a beer belly and the main characters like keep bugging him about how centaurs, you know, in historical times used to be these like majestic creatures who could run like 60 miles an hour. And he's just like, eh, I got a cop car. I don't need to run anymore. And he, I don't know. I, I, the characters I thought were really, really interesting, really original. Um, like there's a bunch of like, uh, like, like butch, uh, like a, like a bunch of butch, Uh, bikers who are these like pixies who there's like eight tiny little flying pixies operating one motorcycle and I thought that was something that like only Pixar could have done like pulling off that like weird kind of character design of all these like 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 women in leather with wings like all like you know two or three of them operating just like one handle or one pedal on a motorcycle racing down the highway I thought I thought that was really cool I, I, I just thought Onward was full of that kind of stuff.
2: There, it's funny that there's a lot of points you just brought up that were things I was gonna say, but you have like an opposite take on him almost. Sure. Like it's funny you brought up good dinosaur, cause that was something I was gonna point to. Like the existence yeah. of the Pixar B team, because mm, that movie that. came out this that movie came out the same year as uh Inside Out, which was really good, which oh was God, obviously yeah. the A team. Yeah, that movie um, was incredible. But like when you're saying this movie's full of funny like original characters i thought everything was just very like oh look this has been done before we're gonna have this like the the fat cop right like the dad the stepdad's a fat cop and like yeah i guess he's a centaur and they they say once like oh centaurs used to be these things that could run really fast but he's just the fat stepdad uh stepdad that's a cop and then the the brother is just like an 80s metalhead who likes dnd and like, yeah, but like, they, I do, don't know. they I don't, do so I much cool stuff with it.
0: Like <laughs> Yeah, like it, this is kind of a spoiler, but one of my I think I can probably point to it and say it's my favorite scene in the movie that just had me like smiling ear to ear when I watched it is there's a scene, and I won't say say too much about. Yeah, there's a scene with the yeah. van where the main the the brother, Chris Pratt's character, um he has this van named Guinevere who uh it's this really shitty van that's all beat up, but it has this like majestic unicorn spray painted on the side of it and he like loves this fan and it's like his only like possession because he lives with his mom still and he's like i don't know like 25 years old and um there's a scene where he has to like escape a situation so he puts a rock like a heavy rock on the gas pedal and uh launches his car um out to to do this do something to to save him and his brother but before he does that he pops in a, a cassette tape that says onward to valhalla on it and like pops it in plays it and then launches his car up and there's this like crazy like slow-mo shot of his car launching up and you know doing saving the day but um i just thought it was so cool like right and right before that they established that his in his in guinevere his van uh rather than the d for drive on his uh, like his gear shift, he oh, like, yeah. ta- he taped over the D and wrote O, and the little brother has to drive, you know, for some zany reason. And he's like, "What does the O stand for?" And the the older brother's like, "It's O for onward." And then I was sitting there like,
2: "That's the name of
0: the movie." Oh, and I, I didn't just, realize <laughs> that I just love right? moments like that. Um, I thought that was so clever. Um, yeah, I. I really liked Onward, but I mean, I see, I see the criticism of it though, that I, I like, did that have to be a Pixar film? Is that a story that only Pixar could have told? Maybe not, but I think they just took what was a kind of formulaic setup, um, and, and made it really enjoyable for me. Like, do you remember the, uh, the thrift store or not the thrift store, the pawn shop? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was something that like, I didn't expect to see in a Pixar film, like uh, there's like a side plot where the the mom, the troll mom of these two kids, has to like try and save her her boys by uh, going on like a a quest of her own with this uh, mancuba, what, what, uh, manticore. What is she? Yeah, yeah, with like a manticore who used to be like a a big uh, adventurer, but then she like settled down and started like a chain of restaurants that are all like medieval themed. Um, but the uh manticore like had to sell the the like most powerful sword in the universe that could save the day to a pawn shop a few years ago so they have to go they have to go buy it back and try to convince the person who owns the pawn shop to give it to him um i just thought i I just, I just thought that was so unconventional um and, and fun
2: yeah like i think my main point was it it's not that i hated the movie like i enjoyed it like if i had to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down I would i'd give it a thumbs up but I, I my main point was just that it's not an incredibly strong movie. and I don't think it will be incredibly well remembered as like like it, it it's not top tier Pixar, right? Like no one's gonna look back and be like, oh wow, yeah, Onward was definitely one of the the better things Pixar did in the recent Maybe years. Maybe nobody from our age group, but
0: yeah, because I'm i right now I'm looking at the list of uh, Pixar's movies that they've released. And it does seem like there's hot streaks that they get on. And right now, like their last five movies are Onward, Toy Story Four, Incredibles Two, Coco, and Cars Three. And I hated Cars Two, so I did not watch Cars Three. <laughs> yeah. But Coco was amazing. Like, yeah, Coco. As was a great. Mexican, I love that stuff. And uh, Incredibles Two, I thought was really, really good. Um, Toy Story Four, like I said, I just watched. I thought was really, really good too. Um, tugged at my heartstrings like crazy. You had beautiful animation better i think than onward um but it seems to me personally like they're on another hot streak though i i I don't know if i'd put onward you know in the top five or even top 10 of pixar films (laughs) Um, yeah what do you think dan what do you think about like pixar's like what's the last pixar movie you've seen
1: uh toy story 4 i saw
2: okay what'd you Um, think
1: it was all right Um, when it comes to pixar (laughs) i feel like the they have this a weird issue recently, uh, in my opinion, uh, and you guys have already said that you guys enjoyed these movies. So, but I think that they started doing this thing that I, uh, that I'll call, uh, conceptual overload or, or like making the concept like too complicated or too, uh, I don't know, based on, like non-reality I don't know how to describe it but um it all started for me with Inside Out I watched that movie and the whole time I was just like wait so her feelings are characters and and like I don't know they tried to build this world in that seemed so much bigger than the movie itself if that makes sense and they tried to do it in it it, and they tried to explain it for kids at the same time (laughs) I don't know I just wasn't feeling it and um I feel like every one that I've seen since then has had that issue. I had a similar kind of feeling with uh, Coco. And then with Toy Story 4, I feel like the concept remained the same as it always has, but I feel like the story, I don't know, it had that same kind of feel to it. I don't know, maybe I started looking for it after I I started noticing that I was uh, becoming weirdly disconnected from the the point of every movie. Uh, but I don't know, maybe maybe I have this weird nostalgia, which is why I brought up that maybe our generation maybe just doesn't resonate with these newer ones because they're just evolved. And we have this, uh, or at least I do, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I have this nostalgia bias for a lot of the earlier movies. And I can look at those and be like, oh yeah, the concept is solid. It's like, oh, toys are... Are uh, you know the, when you're not playing with them, they're doing their own thing, or or you know uh, Ratatouille? It's just a rat who wants to be a cook, or or my favorite <laughs> one is incre- the Incredibles, which is like yeah. it's a, a, a superhero family, and it's it's really it's really simple, and it's based on some sort of believability or some sort of reality. But I feel like a lot of the Pixar movies that I've seen lately, and a lot of the Disney animated movies as well, um, they're they're too fantastic if that makes sense like they're too like crazy it's almost like like like, it's an animated movie we can do whatever we want so we should and with this new soul movie that's coming out i feel like it's the same thing it's like i'll tell you my experience of watching the soul trailer i was like watching i was like oh cool a movie about a guy who plays jazz and like oh this is like a real world like it's gonna be like a realistic movie for once that's kind of cool and then halfway through the trailer, he dies and he becomes a little sprite. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is a Pixar movie. I forgot they have to have <laughs> the little the little talking sprite." And I was like, "Man, like I don't know, maybe maybe I've grown out of of animated movies uh, made by Pixar, but I wish that they would make a movie about a, like a real person." experiencing real things like they don't have to go all in on the concept they can just make a movie you know what i mean like they have the talent for it and and especially with toy story 4 you mentioned that the animation is really good dude the animation in toy story 4 is next level it looks so good Mm -hmm. it looks like it was filmed with a camera most of the time like it was it looked really really good and i'm sitting here thinking like man why don't they make like a stylized movie about a real person Instead of having to rely on these concepts like, oh, what if monsters had a city and they ran on screams, or what if uh, I don't know, like you know, Inside Out with the with the what if your feelings had feelings or I don't know, it's like, yeah, that, that
0: is a story about Inside yeah, Out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and and maybe that's the appeal of of Pixar movies, but I don't know. Maybe I think I think I've um, I'm over it. <laughs> I think I'm, I want to see something new. And by new, I think I want to see something more basic. That's just me, though. I, I don't know. I, uh, I think that you guys probably, or at least August, you enjoy the fantastic concepts. So
0: yeah, I'm definitely. Uh, I they definitely appeal to me. Like uh, you know, when they shoot for the moon, I like to see where they where they land with with Pixar. But if you're looking for like a more simple movie, uh, I mean this this might be. Man, I'd be interested to what you, hear what you have to say. But like, onward is a pretty simple movie. Like, it's really just like a couple of brothers. Go, it's like weekend at Bernie's, but like with yeah, more emotions. Yeah, but
1: it's weird that they have to rely on this concept, right? That oh, it it, it takes place in this world. That I see. That like, doesn't so you're exist. saying like,
0: was it worth the kind of like what you were talking about with Fallout 76 last week, where like the concept is not a bad concept of fallout 76 at first release where the only other people you see in the world are real people but it's like why do you have to rely on that concept when you could have a fun game otherwise so you're saying like why does pixar have to rely on these like fantastical scenarios yeah why do they have to
1: yeah yeah exactly why do they have to have like a gimmick they don't they're they they're talented i think that they're talented enough uh to make a movie that relies on its writing because they obviously have a lot of very talented artists and writers and animators and stuff. Uh, a great example, uh, well, this isn't Pixar, but this is in the same realm is um, like Disney, I think made a, a short that came before Wreck It Ralph called paper man. Did you guys see that? It's the black and white uh, where he's playing with a, like a paper airplane. Mm-mm. He's like throwing I a paper. that.
0: It mm, it's kind of reasonable. Like i'm not sure
1: okay well you should go and watch it um it it's amazing it, i i've never seen anything like it uh before or since and it it like kind of makes me upset because it was delegated to this short it almost felt like they were just like haha we can do this really cool thing but we're not going to make it into a movie because fuck you we're going to make a kids movie about about wizards and demons like it's it's a very simple concept it's a man he he has a paper airplane and he 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 throws it at a window uh, across from uh, his his uh, office building to get the attention of a girl and the paper airplanes or the wind or whatever uh, help him out I'll just say that like it's a very simple concept and they obviously can't make an entire movie out of that concept but the way that it's animated it looks so good it's it's half uh, traditional animation and half uh like computer animation. And it's really hard to describe, but it looks amazing. And I've never seen anybody do anything like that. The closest I've seen has been the new Spider-Man movie, uh, the animated one. And that was like critically acclaimed for how, how the animated animation looks. So I don't know why Disney doesn't like take advantage of that talent. I don't know. There's just, I there's so many like missed opportunities that they squander, I think because their audience is children. I think maybe that might be where the disconnect is for me, where it's clear that they feel like they have to have the gimmick because they want to bring in their, you know, their intended demo. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into it. I I want to see a movie about, I want to see the first half of the trailer for soul about the guy who, who is a musician. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) The prequel. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, I, I, I lost interest in the movie immediately when he turned into a little blue Sprite.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah. With
0: that, uh, with soul, I had the exact same thought process as you where I, I saw this jazz musician, you know, making his way through New York and I was yeah, like, "Whoa, I, I love good. this kind of thing. But then the Sprite he turns into when he's like on his way through the afterlife after he you know, gets hit by a car or whatever happens in the trailer. Um, it just looks so, so much simpler, you know, Less visually, stu- I don't know. There's less. It, it you know, doesn't not, look. There's as not a whole lot going on. Yeah, yeah, like you see the the photo, you know, almost photorealistic. Like it looks like a, like a. Oh, yeah. you know, like a toy, not a toy guy, but you know what I mean. Like it could it looks be like great. a claymation it film looks of very a guy walking around to, New York.
1: It looks very similar to Toy Story 4's like yes. hyper realistic animation, and I really liked that. And and I, li- I liked all the scenes where like um, there's a there's a scene in Toy Story Four that's amazing to me. I went back and like rewatched it like immediately after I saw it, (laughs) uh, where it's at night. And I think, uh, the RC car gets caught in like a river or, or a storm drain or something, the lighting and like the water looks so like crazy real. It's, it's weird (laughs) to see such good CGI in, uh, what is supposed to be a stylistic, uh, animated movie. Um, so I don't know the the talent is there but I think when it comes to the concept for these movies maybe they can't get them greenlit by Disney or whoever their publisher is uh, unless they have like an idea that the suits think will appeal to the demo that they're trying to sell it to it's like if they were like you said if they could if they were to make uh onward into an a, a live action movie then they probably would have done away with the uh the whole concept of like the whole world taking place in in fantasyland but updated, right? They probably wouldn't have even needed to do that and probably would have ditched it for for like money reasons. But the but the concept of the story still would have worked on its own merits, right? Like it's the, the concept of the story is fine, right? It's just it doesn't really have as much to do with, with the fantasy land as much as it has to do with just like going on an on a quest, you know?
0: Yeah, I I mean that's kind of what I liked about Onward, though. Where yeah. I, I thought that like the the fantasy land aspect of it was well done enough, where it added a, a, a different layer that I could enjoy on top of the you know already. But that's good what I'm saying story. is
1: that that's not. Uh, that's a, it's a hook. It's not. It doesn't. It's not important. <laughs> it's yeah. Just... It. it, it, it It didn't necessarily
0: need to to be a part of the story. (laughs) Yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. And that sounds like like what Matt, one of his gripes was uh, with with Onward.
1: Yeah, it could have just been Chris Pratt uh, and uh, Spider-Man or whatever his name is. But um, it it could have just been (laughs) humanized. It could have been humanized versions of them doing the exact same thing. And maybe they find out that their dad was a wizard or something. And that could be the extent of like... The world building that they do But like to go all out on like No this is Monsters Inc level Like this is the world that they live in And they they show little side scenes In like that's another Pixar-y thing that they do is they like When the characters are walking Through a neighborhood or like the camera will Like, uh, like Be distracted by some other separate scene And then there's some funny thing where it's just like Oh this is like what happens in real life But this is like monster version You know what I mean like, <laughs> <laughs> so like that <laughs> yeah in onward
0: dane it's funny you say that there's this there's this thing that was a big part of like the marketing campaign that's like totally just one of those like side shots in the movie where like unicorn now that people are like not into magic anymore and just you know friendship ended with magic technology is my new best friend <laughs> yeah. uh unicorns have turned into like pests where they're like pigeons now where like there's <laughs> shots of their shots where they're just walking through the city and then the camera will stay for a minute on or for like a few seconds on these like unicorns who are like eating out of the trash and that is like exactly what you're talking about it's like these aren't pigeons these are unicorns
1: (laughs) yeah 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 and uh i don't know uh i'm not saying that that's that's bad it's just that i've seen that so many times it's predictable at this point and i want the i want a movie where they 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 drop all of the the gimmicks, all of the hooks and they just make a good story that's well animated. And like I said, I thought that's what soul was going to be when I clicked on the trailer and I watched the first half of it, but then they were just like, actually he died. And now this is like a commentary on the afterlife. And I don't know. It was, uh, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they, I mean, (laughs) I'm looking at the Wikipedia and it's, and it's kind of funny. They have movies that haven't even been announced yet. Uh, They have an entire section where the entire thing is TBA, 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 except for the date, the exact release date, June 18th, (laughs) 2021, March 11th, 2022. It's hilarious to me how Hollywood works, where they decide the date of the movie before they even come up with the movie itself.
0: Yeah, they got that all the Disney Plus bucks from onward. They're like, enough (laughs) for a 2023 release now, boys. I just love that, though.
1: They're just like, yeah, we need to make a movie. doesn't matter what it is. It just needs to be good. Uh... At, and it needs to come out at exactly this time because we just don't have a movie coming out then and we need to make money.
0: But, you know, oh, wait a second. For uh, I'm looking at on this Wikipedia page. Uh, it looks like the music direction in Soul is done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross.
1: Who, that is great news. I love you the, all, I, yeah. I love them. They are amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even listen to Nine Inch Nails at all. But I love I the the film scores they've done for uh, David Fincher's films. Like, uh, yes. Yes. What are they, they did the Social Network? Yes. Um, I, I was just thinking about that movie the other day. That soundtrack is incredible.
1: That soundtrack, um, I I think um, <laughs> it's funny. You know those little Spotify things that you can get where they tell you like what music you've listened to the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it like goes. It has like a bunch of regular shit. Like, oh, yeah, you've listened to, like, this band and this band. You're like, oh, that makes sense. And then Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross is, <laughs> like, one of the top five ones because I I listen to the the social network um, soundtrack all the time, especially when I'm, like, doing mindless shit, like, working on things. It's perfect, perfect, perfect background music. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I, uh, I'm looking at Trent Reznor's Wikipedia page right now, and there's just so many... Cool movies that he's done. Like he also did, I guess, the soundtrack or the score for "The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo" by David Fincher. Yeah, I saw that too. It's so dope. So that I really, really love that movie. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's a talented dude. Yeah, this is totally, totally an aside. But I was just watching uh, um, some documentary on Quake, the original Quake, and um, apparently. I forget if it was Trent Reznor or Atticus Ross, but one of them agreed to do all of the music for that game just because he played so much Doom um, before. He was like, "In software. You guys just seem dope. I want this next game to be like even more metal. So just let me do the music for it. And he even mm. like does some of the voice lines and stuff too. So this is a guy who's been like in the thick of yeah. um, like really awesome composing. For, like Yeah, for composing for so long.
1: Wow. I think he's an amazing composer and... Um, I think he was supposed to do the soundtrack to David Fincher's next movie, which was um, I forget what it was. I was really excited for it, though. Gone uh, Girl, too. Gone Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I I recently saw that movie as well. That movie's crazy.
0: Yeah, I love Gone Girl. That I, I, the beginning of that movie and the end of that movie are I, very memorable to me.
1: I think about. <laughs> and the I middle, but I think about scenes good. from that movie all the time.
0: <laughs> Dude, that scene with Neil Patrick Harris, where he spoiler gets completely domed, um marked, if you will, by <laughs> Dome, Pike's character I wouldn't call it domed.
1: I would just call it like, just like, oh my god, it's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're a spoiler. We can spoil podcast, Gone Girl.
0: We can spoil Jesus god Christ. Girl. No, 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 That's no, what no. I'm ta- I haven't seen it. I haven't oh, seen, okay. seen right, Gone right, Girl, right, right, Matt? Right. That movie's like ten years old. Get it. Come on, Matt. Keep up.
1: It
2: sounds good. <laughs> I might go watch no, you, it
0: now. You, you should check it. It's super, super good. I love good. watching
2: Neil Patrick Harris get fucking murked. Yeah, I will okay, tell so you this. Gone, it'll yeah, it'll,
0: yeah,
1: it. it'll, make you not want to get married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it'll make you, yeah, want a prenup at least. It'll make you uh, stay away from any sort of female
0: ever. Yeah, Matt, just in case, you know, this is, a uh, you know, for our listeners too, for, you know, the dozen or so who haven't seen Gone Girl. Uh, gone Girl, it's based on this very, very popular book but it's about this guy who becomes a t- total pariah in his neighborhood where he's this like well-respected well-respected man whose wife goes missing and she frames she like purpose she makes herself go missing like she basically escapes the marriage by making it look like he somehow killed her so it's about like her escape from the marriage tangential to him dealing with like the repercussions of everyone in his community thinking he's a, like a wife killer. Hmm. It's really God. cool. It's an awesome movie. And David Fincher directs it. And he's this, you know, incredible, incredible awesome. director.
1: Uh, I looked it up. He's making a movie called Mank, which is a biographical drama film uh, about screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz and his battles with director Orson Welles over the screenplay oh. credit for Citizen Kane. And oh my God. I love Citizen Kane. Yeah. And it's, it uh, it stars, Gary Oldman in the title role and uh, the music is going to be by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. So, I mean, Gary Oldman, every, every time I hear Gary Oldman in
0: a role where I know he's just going to like melt into it, I get so excited. Um... I love,
1: I love biographical films like that. And in the hands of David Fincher, it's going to be very interesting. He did a very good job on, uh, on Zodiac, which is a biographical oh my god Uh, that movie
0: is such a good slow burn like if you love a movie that just really really builds really really slow zodiac you can't get much better than than zodiac it's about the zodiac it
1: has yeah it's it's a successful slow movie (laughs) there are very few successful slow movies i think
0: and that's what makes it so good and so scary like there's a scene at the end uh we shouldn't get into too much spoilers but basically there's some scenes in that movie that would not be as nerve-wracking if you didn't spend the whole movie kind of like guessing what direction it was going to go in and kind of like being paranoid about, wait, who is this? Is the Zodiac Killer still out there? Like who, mm-hmm. have they not figured this out yet? It's it's just very cool. Especially if you love like, I'm the kind of person and I, I have a feeling you guys are too, where you guys, uh, I, I love going down like Wikipedia rabbit holes and like the Zodiac oh, yeah. Killer is one of those Wikipedia rabbit holes that's very memorable to me where I read it, read through all of the like, all the references that the uh, Wikipedia page has. And it was just like blown away that that actually happened. And then they yeah. make a movie about it. And it's this very, very long piece that really goes in depth about all of the you know, crazy shit that happened um, in the sixties or seventies when that was happening.
1: Well, it's um, it, it's cool because you'd think based on like, okay, so this is a movie about a serial killer. So, uh, you know, silence of the lambs probably right. Or, Jeepers Creepers or something, you know? Oh my God. Like, I love Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but the movie is actually just about people's like psyche and about like this, this obsessive man who, who is like obsessed with solving the, uh, like a, a riddle or a case. And like he, and, and he just never gets, he never gets it. Like <laughs> That's the end of the movie. He just never solves it. Yeah,
0: I mean that's kind of how you feel after you go and read the Wikipedia page for the Zodiac yeah. Killer. You're sitting there like, "God, they never got this guy. That's insane."
1: Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, people think that he. People think that uh, he got caught lately. I think
2: right. That I they think he got caught him. by Cole Phelps in uh, LA noir, right? <laughs> that game's pretty. <laughs> Cole Phelps, out LAPD. Here. That's uh, yeah. the only th- I thing I actually know about the Zodiac Killer is uh, they briefly touch on it in uh, L.A. Noir.
0: Well, case closed, I guess. Rockstar's yeah, got Cole it covered. Got him, dude. <laughs> case closed.
2: I'm surprised they didn't put that on the Wikipedia page.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, cases being closed, uh, Daniel, uh, Uncle Dan, I heard through the grapevine yes. that there has been a uh, weed conspiracy, an Animal Crossing weed conspiracy update.
1: Yes, I will touch on this because uh, I already got in. I mean, if you want to hear a little bit more um, history on this conspiracy, we did an entire episode detailing (laughs) uh, exactly the history of this conspiracy. But basically, weeds, uh, for one reason or another, were growing in other people's towns, but they weren't growing in my town, they weren't growing in Leah's town, and a few other people that I know, they weren't growing in their town either. So we decided to uh, start an investigation... (laughs) ask around, try and get uh, a bunch of information. I compiled a bunch of information via this Discord. A bunch of people did a bunch, uh, whole lot of experiments, not a whole lot of them time travel, so uh, it took a, a, a few days to really hone in on exactly what the problem is. But uh, I'm 99% sure I know the answer now. Wow. And the answer that we've come up with is that there is a weed limit that there is a set amount of weeds that you can have planted on your island before they all stop growing completely. I don't know why this is in the game, but uh, you can only have 150... well, you can only have 149 weeds or less on your island before they stop growing entirely. So if you have less than 149 weeds on your island, then they will grow normally. Uh, they won't grow every day, they grow randomly. Um, and uh i think water has a chance to speed that up whether it be rain or watering them manually but uh if there if you have 150 or more weeds on your island then they will not grow ever so that is the answer <laughs> to the huh. weed conspiracy i don't know why this happens uh i don't know why that would be in the game to begin with because i don't see the problem with having uh a bunch of planted weeds growing doesn't seem like it would disrupt the game in any way maybe uh i don't know how much you guys know about game development but i mean what do you think that it would lag the game if (laughs) there were a bunch of weeds no i bet it
2: i bet it's just something to do with like before like in the original animal crossing your entire town could get just covered in weeds if you didn't play um i bet this is just something they put in where they're like if you come back from a long break they don't want you to have a seemingly endless amount of weeds you need to go pick if you don't like
1: them. Yeah. I
2: I think that would be it. It's weird that they stopped them from growing, though. That probably just has something to do with how they... Like, the fact that weeds will pop in every day makes me think that weeds growing is tied into the same system. So once they hit that limit, it's just stopping that. Yeah, Um, it
1: just stops all weed activity uh, altogether, not just growing, but also just making more weeds. Because I have noticed that... Uh, people say that you're, that your town will grow new weeds every day but I, I, ever since I started playing I, I noticed that there were I never got any new weeds anywhere like the weeds that I had were the weeds I had. So I just have too many weeds on my island. I need to well, my plan when I sit down and do it is to pick all of the weeds on my island uh, put 150 of them in my inventory and then f- and then pick where I want tall weeds to be and then let them all grow to their full height. And then I'll start putting uh, little tiny weeds everywhere to prevent new weeds from spawning. Uh, that's my plan. I'm going to take advantage of this weed limit now that I know about it. But <laughs> uh, I'm happy that uh, a conclusion has uh, has been met, and uh, all thanks to the dedicated people in this server that Leah started. <laughs>
0: And Leah's involved with this. Is Donkey also? Is he like? Is
1: there going to be like a crazy Donkey video about weeds? <laughs> I I highly doubt it. Uh, <laughs> he already made an Animal Crossing video, so. Uh, Were you
0: in that, by the way? I I didn't know if I recognized you in the in the video.
1: I was. You could see my my little character running around in the background. He's oh, cool. He didn't use a he didn't use a whole lot of multiplayer footage, but uh, you know you can spot my little guy running around.
0: Did you change your hair color in Animal Crossing? Because I was looking for a yeah. redhead, but I think you're white-haired now. So that, that I makes ju- sense. I that don't remember
1: you. what my hair color was whenever I was on his island, but um, I had it red for a while. I, I changed it to white eventually once I got the beard, so that I could have a, a white beard. Um, so yeah, yep speaking of animal crossing you guys want to touch on our opinions on the new update it's a, a relatively small update but also kind of all uh, big because they added a ton of features that were quote unquote leaked by data miners uh, but um, but but kind of expected at least I expected these these things that they were saying were going to be uh, in the game eventually to be like, uh released a little bit at a time not all at once because i was reading stuff about like oh they're gonna add bushes they're gonna have have a upgraded museum uh red's coming back uh you know I, th- I thought maybe those updates were gonna be like oh the red update is is next month the bush update is the month after that you know what i mean not all at once in the earth day update of all places yes Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you
0: want to go into just what exactly was released? Because it was all released this week. A big yeah. update in Animal Crossing.
1: Well, you yeah. Everybody knew that Leaf was coming back, and everybody was like, "Oh, what's Leaf gonna do?" Like we, he's uh, like a sloth. Think, yeah, he's a sloth, and and previous games uh, had him selling fertilizer, which was uh, something that's not in uh, this game. And and I thought maybe he was going to introduce the fertilizer item into the game to like speed up the growth of flowers or something. Um, I I didn't for a second think that he was gonna have bushes, uh, because I don't know. I didn't assume that they had bushes planned for this game. But bushes are awesome. They also have hedges, which are, are like a form of fence, um, that look like hedges. They're that what? are very very nice. Uh, yeah, there's hedges and flower those? bushes. They're different. They're in the game now. You can go and get
2: them. Wait, but but do you get the hedges from Leaf?
1: No. no what you do is you have to. Plant a bunch of um, bushes on your island. I think you only have to plant five, actually. So you plant five bushes on your island, and then you go talk to Nook, and he's like, "Good job, you planted five bushes. Here's uh, the recipe to make he- hedge fences." And hedges
0: actually connect to each other, so you can yeah. do what yeah, I'm planning it's basically on doing, a fence. W- which is I'm planning on making a one-to-one recreation of the hedge maze from The Shining on my <laughs> island.
1: Now. Okay, you should do that. You should do that, but you should make. You know how you can make cliffs that are like one square wide? You could do that with the cliffs and then put hedges on top so that people can't use the ladder to get a, like over it. Ooh. Like oh, that's
0: stair. a great idea. That's a great yeah. idea.
1: <laughs> okay, there. yeah, there will be hedge updates. Uh, there, speaking or... of hedge maze, there is going to be a special hedge maze island uh, on May oh! May Day. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, that's going to be cool. And apparently Rover like is on the island. They teased like Rover a... being in the game. Which is like a character Who's from Rover? the old games.
0: You
2: don't know Rover?
0: No, I I only played the first Animal Crossing pretty briefly.
2: Yeah, Rover. And then yeah, yeah, he Band. was in
1: the first one. Whenever you boot up the game, he's there. Yeah, he's the he? guy
2: that that uh when you first start, he talks to you and he's like, "Oh, I can set you up. Uh, I know Nook in this town you're going to. He can give you a house. He like he's like your hookup in the first game. You meet him on the train, and every time. Oh, you travel the, tra- on the train. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 He. A lot of people are sad that he wasn't in here because he's been in, like, I think every other game, um, and he just didn't have a a place this time. So I know what Dane's talking about. They showed him in the background. Like, they didn't announce him, like, Rover's coming back. Um, He's just kind of in the back of the video. So people don't know what he's there for, but I imagine it's kind of just, like... Almost like an olive branch being like, hey, look, we put Rover in here now. Shut up and don't don't ask us for him anymore. He's in the game. You can talk to him.
1: My overzealous uh, uh, speculation is that he's uh, going to be added to the villager pool. which Uh, would be cool. Which Leah thinks is a ridiculous concept, but I think that... (laughs) What? I don't know. Every time that I bring up like, oh, what if they do this? And her... Her general response usually is, but that's not how it. Oh, that's not how it is in older games. I was like, this is a new game, though. <laughs> they can do whatever <laughs> they want. Um,
0: yeah, I've heard people talk about like Isabel, like wanting an option to like have Isabel retire and, and <laughs> yeah. enter the villager
1: pool. That would be cool. Yeah, I think that would be cool if they they I don't know somehow made it so you could have any of the old NPCs that don't uh, do the same thing be a be a villager like the uh, the male. The yeah, mailman, the, okay. uh, pelicans. Like, why don't you just add them to the villager pool? Why not? I don't do anything else. Um, yeah,
2: he, I miss him. He they also good.
1: added um, Red, which is a character from New Leaf. I don't know if he was in, he was the, in the, old, the original. In... Too, he, was in, he was in the original, too. He was in City Folk, Red. too. Red yeah. was definitely in City Folk for the Wii. Yeah, he's a little fox. He's um, He got out of prison and he's back <laughs> and he's doing illegal activity again. So, uh, yeah. But this time he's on a boat and he accesses your secret beach, which is cool because uh, I I don't know why I didn't think that they would have a purpose for that secret beach, beach so soon, but it's cool that he parks there. And it's funny that he parks there because he's not allowed on the island.
2: <laughs> is he there every day? Every time I've no, been on no. this week, he's had his boat back there. So I wasn't really? sure if it was just a new permanent fixture. I, I've been playing like every other day because I was testing my own weed hypothesis if it only grows when yeah. you don't play um but yeah he's been there yeah i dude i love red i i love (laughs) i don't know if they added this in the past games but in the gamecube game um and i think maybe the ds one he would show up in like a tent in your town as a random event um random and he served the same purpose where he would sell you art but in those games you didn't get to inspect him so like the whole thing is like he is kind of shady and he'll set he'll sell you forgeries. So if you try yeah. to donate a forged piece of art to the museum, blathers is, is like, Whoa, this isn't, this isn't a real one. We can't <laughs> accept real? this. Yeah. And in the GameCube game, it was random. So you'd buy it and it would, you'd have to get lucky. Um, mm-hmm. or maybe you could inspect it like on the shelf, but it was really small. So you couldn't get a good detailed look. So it was kind of hard to tell where in this one, when you go on his boat and you look at the piece of art, you can look at it close up and I feel like a detective when I do that. Like, like I'm cool zooming. films, <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, I stared at this picture of the Mona Lisa today on his boat for like 20 minutes. And I was like, this, <laughs> this looks right. And I pulled up the actual Mona Lisa and I like went like square per square on that picture, <laughs> just like looking like, all right, the smile, oh, that's too obvious. They want to change the smile, right? Like, it's got to be something detailed. She had this little blue splotch on her shirt on the Animal <gasps> Crossing one. And I was like, is this like the glass that it's on or is this like some Sloppy paint that the forge guy left on there, like I don't know, um, but my detective work paid off because it was real, uh, which was wow. nice. But I like, I don't know, man. I, I I'm gonna have so much fun doing that for whatever like old fifty pieces or whatever they have in the game because it, it just it, it's so much fun to like <laughs> like just look at this stuff like super in depth. Uh, I have a I have a real blast with that. So that, that's definitely the highlight of this update for me.
0: You know, I actually. You know, I've been playing uh, pretty much every day. I've taken maybe three days off total since the game came out. Um, But when this new update came out uh, on the, I forget what day, I think it was like Wednesday. I didn't have that much time to play because we've also been playing, uh, Matt and I have been playing just a stupid amount of Valorant, uh, which we've talked about um, in previous weeks. Um, But when I was playing on Wednesday, I spent probably an hour total spending like over a hundred thousand bells on just the flowers that leaf brought um, and all of the, all of the bushes and stuff. Like I have like <laughs> probably 200 plus of the uh, uh, 200 plus of the, the flower bushes that he has, because when I saw that, when I saw that there were bushes added and then hedges, you know, that you get afterwards, I just knew that I needed to, you know, make a, make a hedge maze. Cause I love that kind of stuff. But um, I, I didn't get a chance. I, I have not seen Red yet. Um, I haven't been back to my beach. I have not seen him walking around my island. So that's something that I haven't even um, experienced yet that I'm, I'm excited to because I love doing stuff with Blathers. And I feel like as I've been playing so much, I get a lot less um, like fossils and um, new bugs, especially a new fish, especially. Yeah. Um, that I don't get to like, you know, see Blathers freaking out about bugs and stuff as, as frequently as I did when I was... For, you know, first starting out.
2: Yeah. And what's nice is I think the museum is going to be a relatively like updated place as these updates come out. Cause I know there's still some other things that, I mean, if they implement them in a way they had in the past that they're going to add stuff to, like they could still add an observatory, which I don't know if it's, I don't think that's been leaked. I, I think that's something that people are still hoping, but like uh Brewster, the guy that owns the the coffee place he's been in the um i'm so excited for a coffee place in animal crossing yeah. yeah like initially he was in the basement of the museum which what i'm what i i'm trying to decide like what is more likely is if they're going to add a bunch of these other things because i think brewster's been leaked like i think a lot of people know that we're getting brewster in some sort of way uh he's I the wonder if, you mean yeah, yeah. um I'm hoping they maybe add some sort of little, like, section that you can, like, more shops that you can place on your island. Um, That way, like, maybe Leaf can get a permanent stand, kind of like the Able Sisters uh, tailor shop. Um, Brewster can get a building. Um, But what I think is going to happen is I think a lot of these new merchant NPCs they add in are going to be, like, rotating on your square. Like, I don't want to be surprised if Brewster has, like, a little coffee cart that... Oh, that'd be great. Uh, I would like a coffee but, truck kind of thing. That'd be cool. Yeah, but I want the I want the coffee house, dude. Or I yeah, want it I want in more the museums. Buildings. Yeah,
1: more buildings would be nice, just to fill yeah. out like the island with more interesting stuff.
0: What I did like, I, I thought that the uh, speaking of like carts, interesting carts they've added. Um, I think maybe two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago or so, they added the um, crossover items that you could get from playing Pocket Camp. And um, I played, you know, I talked about this in the podcast early on. I played a lot of Pocket Camp, especially as all this stressful stuff in the world started happening. I started to just play that instead of going on Twitter. Um, and I, I, I don't think you have to do much in Pocket Camp to get these, but you enter a code or whatever um, in the eShop that you get from the Pocket Camp and, Pocket Camp game on your phone, and you get uh, a popcorn machine uh, cart and a uh, fortune cookie cart. So you can make your own little, I don't know, like carnival type thing. Um, So I don't know if they'd add like a coffee cart for Brewster um, because so like there's precedence that they have these like purely decoration uh, carts otherwise, but it'd be cool if like you were saying, Dane, if there was a store, a new storefront that he, he could open up and you could place.
1: Yeah, that would be the ideal situation. But people have also brought up that it would be inconvenient to a lot of people who have already mapped out their Island by this point to be given an entirely new building <laughs> or there's just like, where am I supposed to put this fucking building? Like, I don't, I don't have any space for it anymore. I already decided where everything's going to go. Not to mention like, uh, Leah pointed out and I've already done this once, but, uh, <laughs> it was a chore already to do it once. I can't imagine it doing, uh, doing it like eight more times, but since you can have, uh, Multiple accounts on your Switch, you can have each of those accounts have its own character on your island, and they, each character gets their own house. So you can basically have multiple characters and have uh, up to eight, I think, on one island. So you can <laughs> That's have a lot of extra houses. You can have eight extra houses, and you can basically just use those houses as like shops that you can decorate with. with. I mean, there's a bunch of like. Oh. Uh, there's a bunch of furniture that, that implies that you should be making like diners and stuff like that. And people have already made like uh, restaurants and things like that out of the extra houses. So there's already so many things you can do, but like um, an NPC controlled house is definitely like something people want. But at the same time, it's like you got to find a place for it. It's not that big of a downside, I think, but maybe for the, the more planned out islands, it would be more of a, a hassle to introduce it as a, as a DLC instead of like coming out right out, right out the bat and saying that, Oh, this is, you got to find a place to put the the coffee shop as well. Well,
0: there is kind of precedence for something like that. Like I've talked on the pod before about the, uh, the, the lodge, I think they called it, uh, or the cabin in um, pocket camp where it's outside of your, it's outside of your campground. And it's this big log cabin that you can decorate and people will just like hang out in and do stuff in that is like kind of like what you're saying, like a NPC controlled house.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I
0: I could see them doing something like that.
2: Well, yeah, Yeah. they probably would, but like I pocket cams broken up by nature. Like you go to a bunch of different screens, so it's not a huge ask to add something new in. Whereas like if they wanted to have this be separated from your island, uh, it'd be weird (laughs) for them to incorporate in some way, considering they don't have a lot of, stuff like that in this game, it'd be kind of a hassle. Like you got to take a plane to the coffee shop Island. Like, I don't know. Like it just seems kind (laughs) of strange, especially if you had to sit through that stupid loading screen every time, (laughs) you know, like
1: God, I saw this absolutely just, Oh man, this post on Reddit got my blood boiling, uh, like usual (laughs) from things that I see on Reddit. Um, Somebody suggested because uh, the Reddit was filled for a long time, especially after the game came out. People kind of got over the hype of the game and were kind of giving suggestions and saying, like, oh, they should add this and this and this. And a lot of people were suggesting that there should be quality of life uh, changes, of course, like maybe being able to craft more than one thing at a time. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Or maybe like the. Um, the dialogue tree that you go through at the airport should be consolidated into something a lot less like annoying to go through because it's just button spammy. Um, and he asks you like 10 million different questions that don't need to be asked. Um, and somebody posted something along the lines of like, Animal Crossing is m- intended to be inconvenient. <laughs> and they went into this thing where they said like, it's supposed to give you like satisfaction or it's supposed to be like, world building or or whatever that these characters talk to you so much or that you're supposed to, like, craft things a little bit at a time. And I absolutely cannot stand that mindset in most games, but in Animal Crossing, of all things, it's like, Animal Crossing is not meant to be annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. it's the exact opposite. It's supposed to be a calming game, and you're not supposed to get frustrated by things in the game like that. So I don't understand that mindset. It had a lot of upvotes for some reason, but... Yeah, I, I, don't mean, know I, why. I,
0: I think I understand why they do do that, because Animal Crossing is a game that really, I think, wants to be taken slow. I mean, the whole, like, the big design thing that they design the game around is real time. Like, you have to wait entire days just for certain things to happen, which is why people people like you, Dane, uh, time travel. Um, you know, to, to circumvent that—not that not that it's I, I i have no problem with it. I'm just, just joshing you. You got trolled, buddy. Um, like in Onward, but, um, <laughs> I think that that's a totally reasonable complaint to have, um, with the game. But I, I can see why they probably built all of these like text boxes that you have to get into into the game to keep those interactions cuz every time you're buying something you have to interact with a character who has all of this, you know, charm built into them that you're supposed to just enjoy interacting with them. So I think they tried to make those interactions less transactional by limiting by basically making every conversation you have with a merchant not just be like a 2 second long thing where you enter a number into a numpad um, to tell to tell them that you want like 999 of something you know what i mean
2: uh i disagree i feel yeah, like there's a I lot don't. of instances where they're like like i get what dane's saying when you travel this guy asks you like a million questions and it's not because the dialogue is supposed to be conversational it's because nintendo laid it out very poorly it's like what do you want to do oh do you want to do this oh, okay do you want to do it this way this way this way or this way <laughs> And then if you mess it up, you have to start all the way from the beginning. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. that's annoying. And then there's other weird things in the game, like you can sort your storage in your house, but you can't sort your inventory, right? That's dumb. And like for taking the game slow, there are things where like it makes sense uh, for that to be a thing, but for like, even for like crafting, like one at a time, that's kind of silly because like if the game was supposed to be slow it's like they, they have a tool wheel, right? Like There's things they want to speed up. The things you do repeatedly, like repeatedly, over like over and over again, they want to try to make it so like, okay, if you just want to get your ax, you press this button, you get it quick. Like, that's cool. Oh, but if you want to make 50 wooden tables, uh, no. Or if you want to make like 50 shovels, no. It's like, it'd be like it, if you had to deposit bells like 10,000 at a time. Or something. Yeah. And like, and it was de-
1: all done under the guise of, well, this game is supposed to be slow. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not that it's supposed to be slow. It's just bad game design.
2: <laughs> like, there's just a lot of examples in Animal Crossing where there, there's, like, I think Dane talked about this, like, on our first podcast when we were going over it, but, like, a lot of the, it feels like a lot of the menus are made by different teams, because some things are really streamlined sure. and others aren't. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of bizarre when you, when you see those things, uh, especially for things that, like, shouldn't take as long as they do. Like, if I want to go to my friend's island, like, why do I have to go through this whole yeah. repeated conversation tree that's always the same um, and then wait in, like, a, I don't know, five-minute loading screen? With, like, right? loading
0: music. <laughs> do, yeah. do, do, do.
2: Like, it's cute for the first couple times, but I think it also goes in with, like, I think another thing, I said once, it's like, I don't think they expected people to ever travel. <laughs> yeah, I like, think expected to do much. it every
1: like once in a while. But I mean, there are certain days where I spend all day on Animal Crossing just looking at that loading screen. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh,
2: it's yeah, Nintendo.
1: Yeah, it they is don't, Nintendo. They don't I do don't think uh, it's... internet well.
0: They definitely don't do internet well, but I, I don't. I don't. I hesitate to say that it's bad game design. I think it's. I think it's very intentional um, th- 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 that they did. Well, that. just
1: because it's intentional doesn't mean that it's good game design.
0: No, no, you're absolutely right. But I see what they're going for, um, and I think it conforms with. I, I would say it conforms with a lot of what else uh, Animal Crossing is going for, where it's a. It's a like a vacation from reality that they they want you to just take it easy and enjoy your time here on this island like i've been i've been playing now with quite a bit of bells in the bank after um, the i had that crazy bell price that i let like 100 people onto my island um, and i've been investing that into turnips and now i just have like enough bells where i don't have to think about um you know selling fish or bugs or anything like that to yeah to buy whatever i want and with that it's kind of felt like a retirement simulator mm-hmm. where it feels like the game doesn't it, it rewards like logging in every day and playing but not with not in the way that a lot of other games that want you to log in every day do where yes you get like um, a few extra like I think you get like 50 extra nook miles for every consecutive day that you um, yeah that you log on up to like 300 a day and once you get to like the seven day mark or whatever but uh, besides that um, it doesn't feel like this game is trying to like manipulate me into like being a power user of the game every single day. Like I oh, really yeah. feel mm-hmm. like now that I have so much, so many bells in the game, I can really just like take it slow. Like I've been trying to cover most of my Island in flowers with this, like the very repetitive task of that's why I bought so many uh, mm-hmm. flower bushes and, and all of the cool flowers. Like I'm also another, another idea I have I don't know if you guys have played Metal Gear Solid three, but um, towards the end of Metal Gear Solid three, there's a very iconic to the game uh, white lily, um garden like this big field of white lilies that turns red um after a big event happens and i want to recreate that on my island too um because i'm a insufferable nerd but um just that that really repetitive task of like planting a flower like standing in a spot planting a flower there moving to the next one and doing that like 500 times i find that really relaxing and i don't feel like animal crossing like asks much more of me than to just do exactly What I want to do. So for me, I don't get too bothered by it, but it does lead to like the annoyances of like I was saying before I spent like straight up an hour talking (laughs) to leaf over and over again. Yes, I'd like to buy five shrubs. Yes, I'd like to buy five shrubs. (laughs) Yes, I'd like to buy five shrubs.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wait. Okay. So something you said reminded me of this letter that I think you guys got. Did you see that they nerfed interest rates? With yeah, the latest it, update?
1: It makes sense. It really it does makes make sense. sense. It, it was right? an exploit people were using to just get bells really easily. So,
2: Wait, what, what was the exploit?
1: I mean, it's not really an exploit. I mean, it's just, it's just like a, they were taking advantage of that system. Uh, what they were doing is you could get any amount of bells. Like you get, I don't know, 100,000 bells, put it in the bank, um, and time travel. Uh, I think, well, first of all, you set the clock to I think the earliest the switch clock goes to is like, like 2000.
2: Two, yeah, and you just get money that way. And yeah. Like oh, so what was the nerf? Like you can't time travel? Like they only give you interest? Well, I, th- when it I think they just
1: don't I think they just don't give you nearly as much interest. I think you probably ha- I don't know what exactly the nerf is, but I can only assume that they nerfed it in such a way to where it might not be as viable to do that. Because but, what people were doing was they were putting like ten thousand. They were putting like a hundred thousand bells in the bank, and they were time traveling like sixty years into the future, and then the bank interest would basically like give them a ton more money, and then they could just keep doing that repeatedly. And it would, it would take them like an hour, and it would give them like ten million bells or something. So yeah,
2: but you can still do it if they if they only made the amount lower. Like
1: I guess you could still do it, but maybe um, maybe it's a lot less. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. You'd that think that if so Nintendo silly. was really concerned about that, then they would they would nerf the um the
2: turnips. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I saw that and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like like this is their <laughs> this is their I wasn't response. upset about it. I I well I'm not like it. It doesn't bother me really because it doesn't bother me in a sense where that's how I was making money. It's such a negligible way to make money in my eyes that I yeah. thought it was insane that they changed it. Like it's yeah. going to
0: do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I like, exactly. it, 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 if you're not exploiting it, it feels like I made like from the turnip thing, you know, when I let all those people on my island, I made like like five million bells in like a day. And then I put that in the bank. And then like the next day was the, the month uh, turnover where I got the entrance. And I got like 30,000 bells. So like for a normal user, if you're not exploiting it, it doesn't feel like that much.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it it it's like oh, this is cool. Like exactly. the idea of interest is there, but if the nerf is, it's just less. Like you can still get the same result. I just I thought it was funny. I was like, that's such a Nintendo fix. I I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a slap it's on like, the wrist. If you want a backup of your island, you have to write a ticket. Like I can't believe that's the <laughs> that's the official response they gave. I it's just so it's so funny. Yeah, it's it's weird. Of
1: the, I think it's it's funny that they're apparently blind to the intended feature over the non-intended feature, you know what I mean? Or they're just like, oh, people are making uh, X amount of dollars uh, by doing this non-intended feature, but they're also making m- like hundreds of times that amount using the intended feature. So what should we change?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I it's... don't know.
1: The one that we didn't design and we we can't admit is flawed. So, which, by it's the why, way, I don't think that it's bad that the turnips can be exploited by by that much. It's just that I think that they severely underestimated how easy the internet can come together to make millions of bells <laughs> using the system. I think it's just another sign of them not understanding how like powerful the uh, online feature can be for those games. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And I,
0: ho- I hope Nintendo continues to, to get it right more consistently you know sure, i think yeah. animal crossing made pretty big strides in that direction even with these weird hang-ups we have on it like i i felt similarly similarly about uh, splatoon 2 um it was pretty cool to have like a pvp online game from nintendo that worked pretty well for the most part um mm-hmm. and i don't remember having a whole lot of hang-up ups with that so i think oh, nintendo I is it, getting better online
2: the but online in splatoon was we awful save that for dude podcast? like there's so i could just list off the three things wrong with it okay um you can't play competitive unless you have the exact size of your team. So there's no filling for matchmaking. So if you want to actually try to play the game in like a, a more dedicated sense, like, Oh, so if you want to actually play on the same team with your friends, you have to have the exact amount for competitive and that's it. If you want to play a game with your friends, you can all join the same game, but it won't reliably put you on the same team. So you'll just (laughs) randomly play with against them, which is annoying um, and then the PVE mode, you could only play like a few days a week in yeah, set what time was up periods. With that? It, it's because <laughs> Nintendo's dumb. They're like, this is a great idea on paper. Like it's an event. People want to do it. And what they fail to realize is there's a reason things like DVR and YouTube like change the way people watch <laughs> TV. It's because people like to do what they want when they want to. You no, know, Matt,
0: This is this is just it, Matt. This is an enterprise. This is an entrepreneurial opportunity to introduce TiVo for Splatoon 2.
2: It was dumb. It was very really dumb. <laughs> that, that's, that's honestly, and like those two things are why I stopped playing Splatoon 2 so fast. It was because I couldn't play it in a fun way with the few friends that got the game.
0: I stopped playing Splatoon 2 because Mario Odyssey came out and it was just, a, I treated it like a stopgap game between like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. And it was great for that, but I never got into competitive. I just played the quick plays over and over again. Cause I didn't have any, didn't have any friends who played Splatoon 2 at the same time I was.
2: Yeah, it was it was just frustrating. Sorry, that was a little rant. I had to get that out. Splatoon Two <laughs> tilted me a bit. That's <laughs> no, all good.
0: You know, we've all been tilted. You know, in more ways than one. But being I mean, tilted by Splatoon Two in the same way, not not too dissimilar to the way Elizabeth Moss um, was tilted by the Invisible Man until she implemented Splatoon Two features um, in her horror movie. Um, you know, very very similar
1: there. I mean, I don't even play. <laughs> Uh, smash bros anymore unless i'm playing like against an npc cuz it's just unbearably just terrible. yeah
0: after i got through so that's a game i mean maybe we we could talk about this on another pod because like nintendo just has so much to talk, to talk about but yeah with smash that's one of my favorite games of all time that i cannot play online because i love that game so much i get so into how i'm playing a certain character and then mm-hmm. i just get absolutely fucked by their the insane lag on their on their the whatever input lag is they're using—it's insane. Obscene. It's insane. No, it just made, to me it makes it <laughs> unplayable. So I only play against NPCs yes. yeah. um, myself, um, or you know, couch co-op. But yeah, know, the very really few that times anymore.
1: that I have someone over at my place and we play it—that's honestly the the only real enjoyable player versus player experience.
2: Yeah, and like if it's any consolation for Smash, like it's horrendous in that game. But for most fighting games, their online is almost, like, it's not nearly as yeah. bad. But there's a reason uh, FGC stuff takes place primarily in person yeah. at local meetups. Because any and sort of latency in those games is just, it makes it unplayable. Yeah, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, that actually, Matt, that's a good segue. Um, as we kind of end uh, get towards the end of the podcast, uh, I wanted to, Matt and I wanted to plug... We're thinking of doing a uh, a Discord. We have a Discord uh, for the Motion Pixels that we've used ourselves, but we were thinking of opening it up um, just to any of our listeners who want to, you know, you know, community stuff, you know, you know, whatever talk on on the Discord. So um, if you're interested in hearing more about um, fighting game community stuff, that's something Matt and I have been talking about for a while. Um, bringing up more on the podcast because um, Matt and I have some friends who we'd want to bring on the podcast to to talk about FGC stuff um, because neither of us are super familiar with it, but we're both pretty interested in it. Um, like, for instance, I was on a discord call with a guy um, from the FGC community um, on the discord that Matt and I hang out on a lot. And I brought up, uh, he was like, oh, I, I play a lot of FGCs. Um, I haven't really talked to you before August, but that's kind of what I'm about. And I was like, oh, I play a lot of Smash Bros. That's one of my favorite fighting games. And then he left the Discord call.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have some very opinionated friends that we'd want to bring on. And if you'd be interested um, in, uh, in, in in hearing about that, um, I guess you could voice that on the Discord. Matt, do we have a good way to disseminate uh, information uh, about just, the
2: Discord? It'll just be in the description.
0: Yeah, it'll be in the description. We'll we'll tweet it out too with the Spotify link um, and iTunes or Apple Podcast link that we always tweet out. But um, but yeah, you know you know drop drop some sling some tent. Um, I, I love sling and tent. I love content. Uh, if you also love content, um, you know show your content love. Sling some tent our way um, on the the Motion Pixels Discord. Theme song,
2: theme song. No, you gotta close it. Oh, you gotta, you gotta close Matt, ever it, since, bro. Matt, ever since we got rid of the
0: uh, the most notable Nelson segment, I just you know, my I'm all in disarray with how we end podcasts. <laughs> it's such a tradition that's lost to time, oh, like no. tears, oh darn, in the rain. But. Uh, yeah, that's, that's okay. Uh, Xbox Lives, Major Nelson, Larry Herb, you, you, you can wait. Because this has been the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. Uh, August, say goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, joined by my co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say goodbye. Adios. Uh, I think that's Spanish. And uh, Dane, <laughs> Kevin Cook, Uncle Dane. That's uh, me. The bad boy of comedy. If you would like to say goodbye in Spanish, now's your chance. Burrito (laughs) (laughs) and a theme song. I'm finished.